0: Space over there. If you're way in the back of the
1: room. Stay.
2: And put the preaching mic on. I don't don't move around very much, so I'm I'm Nice to see the light coming back out there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's a type of what's going on in our hearts. It's uh something that happens every year, but it's it's very nice to see it when it when it comes back like this. I've been thinking a lot about Responsibilities of of hearing from the Lord on a personal level, and uh, the kind of the ramifications of what that has in our life as we as we live, <clears throat> because it's been said a lot of times. We live in such a a gross time, really. I mean, you know, there's a scripture that talks about truth falling in the streets, and I, I think. I mean, if you look at some of the streets, images that we have around, sometimes see on the news or whatever, it's really true. What is truth? You know, we, we live through a, a time when, you know, the science, quote, whatever that means, told us one thing, and a lot of things were... <coughs> coming against that and disproving it in, in different ways. And now years later, you see, well, maybe the science has changed and, you know, new philosophies and new theories are coming along of, you know, this is actually the truth. And where everybody, we're, the powers that be were so sure of, you know, this is this is the truth, this is what's happening. And we can be so, if we're not careful, if we don't hold ourselves to the plumb line of truth and the one that is the truth we can get so sideways in a hurry. Because even what science these days has claimed is, you know, about, you know, I don't need to get into all the the dregs of it because we know what's going on. But being able to change who you've been created just because you have a whim or something going on. It's just it's it's just mind boggling but you know there's so much there's so much power and so much velocity and so much wind blowing in that sail that if we don't keep our our mind and our heart fixed on what we know to be true it says even the elect can be deceived if 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 he doesn't hold us and if he doesn't hasten the day of his coming we have to we have to hold ourselves to the plumb line of what we know and sometimes in the middle of something you can you can allow yourself to you know if you get carried away or carried around by the winds of doctrine you can start to lose your your bearings and your and your your guide you know the north star doesn't move much so there's 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 absolutes that don't move, but if we allow ourselves to to be swayed by the by the things that come along we can we can Find ourselves in the ditch before too long, because there is there is a lot of there's a lot of evidence and and spiritual help that comes along with with the darkness that's coming on the earth, and it's it's so important for us to to be in a position that we can hear from the Lord. It's vital, and you know we've let's let's turn over to uh, Deuteronomy for a minute. this is Deuteronomy chapter 5 and um, let's we'll start in verse 23 and Moses is Deuteronomy is a great book it's it's kind of a review of the you know the life of Moses and where where he's where he's God has taken his people <clears throat> And he's talking to them at the, at the mountain here. And, and Moses went up there on the mountain. He's up there for 40 days and 40 nights with, you know, it's not really much to eat or drink on a mountain, at least that I know of. But to, to, be, to be up there and sustained by God's presence for that long, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we'll just jump in verse 23 here. So it was when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? It says you go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us that the Lord our, tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear it and do it. That's the trap that we don't want to find ourselves in is relying on somebody else to go and hear the word of the Lord for us and do it. But that's kind of where the church has copped out into for a long time. It's, you know, you go, you go, hear what the Lord says, and we'll do it. We'll base our denomination and our philosophy and our theology and our doctrine and our denomination on what's what's being told to me. And that's great. You know, there's we've been talking. We've talked. Maybe we'll read it later. But we've been talking about the the milk of the word and the meat of the word. And it was, I think it was, it was defined accurately. And I like the, I like the definition of the milk being something that somebody else has heard from the Lord processed and kind of secondhand given to you. And I'll say, I love the milk of the word. You know, when we're, when we, when we sit under the word, even what I'm saying right now or in in openings or whatever it is, I love hearing other people's, what God's speaking to them and what God is showing them. Because very often it meets me on a level and I and I'm I'm met and I'm strengthened and I'm built up by it. You know, the milk of the word. In the middle of that though, we have to come to the place where, you know, okay, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, but what is that triggering? What is what is being birthed, what is being what is God speaking to me? What does he have to tell me about the milk of the word? And that's where the true life is. Because the easy part of having somebody else go in here and tell me and we're gonna do it, is that you can you can decide whether or not you're gonna hear that. And we get caught in, I get caught in that a lot. It's like, okay, I know that guy. I know where he lives and I know what he does and whatever. But I can analyze, I can explain away I can come up with an excuse why I can't hear that. Well, that's just his interpretation of what God's saying. And, you know, that's, maybe that's the word for him, but it's not necessarily the word for me. But that's the easy part of having, you know, getting getting somebody else to go and hear, and hear the word for me is I can kind of pick and choose what I want to hear and what I want to listen to and what I want to make part of me. But when I make the sacrifice... And make the effort to go and hear myself and God speaks the word to me. I don't have anybody else to blame for, you know, was that really God or am I going to choose to walk in that or, you know, it's 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 a one on one thing. And that's that's where the meat of the word comes in. And that's that's where I need to be to get myself to is that I, 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 I'm attuned enough to hear the word of the Lord that I can go and find it out for myself. And obviously in the midst of that, if you're really hearing from the Lord and, and you're, you're wanting to, to do what he says, you're going you're gonna to look for confirmation and you're going to be open to confirmation from others to, you know, to, to confirm what he's saying. But I have to take the effort to go before the Lord myself and to hear what he has to say and not just rely on somebody else to, to get it for me. We'll go on here. It says... Um, we're in verse 28. Then the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I've heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments that they might be well with them and with their children forever. And it goes on. But, um you know the people recognize here it says for who is who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living god speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived when we really hear the word of the lord quite often there is death in that if i'm will if i'm opening myself up to hear it and and to act on what he says because his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts his Speaking to us is not necessarily the way that I want to go, so there is there is death in that, but ultimately the word of the Lord is to bring life and to bring restoration and bring transformation in my life so we can't we can 't be stuck on the just the thought of the death that comes from hearing from the Lord because ultimately it 's to bring life
1: right.
2: but we can 't have somebody else is not going to do that for you somebody else can 't do that for you you know if, if it was up to you know we, we know that we know the We know the pattern of the scripture here where where God gave Moses the law and the law is a teacher to to point us in the right direction. But if there was ever somebody that could change a people by just being an example and, and speaking the word of the Lord, it was Moses. I mean, it says that he spoke to the Lord face to face as a man talks to his friend. He's up there on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights soaking in the presence of the Lord and getting the commandments and came down and says when he when he spoke to the people, he had to put a veil over his face to, to cover because it, it was so bright to look at. If ever a guy could have changed the people to go hear from God and bring it back to him. I mean, that would have been the guy because he was he was he said he spoke to him as, as a man speaks to his friend. You read through the you read through that a lot in the Bible where, you know, God is conversing with people like they're sitting down having a coffee or something. But I, I don't know how, how that was. It doesn't really happen for me that way. But, but here it says, a guy that was, was basking in the presence of the Lord and being sustained and built up by him for, for all those days up there. And to come down, he could impart what he had. Wait, that's not going to do it for us. We've got to come to the place where I, have, I can hear for myself, hear the voice, hear the truth that's going to that's gonna hold me when the adversity comes. You know, it was interesting um, when Jesus was in front of Pilate he was talking to in this exchange about are you the son of God and are you the king and whatever and, 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 and Pilate said right before he turned him over to the Jews he's like, what? Jesus said, yeah, what you've spoken is the truth and he's like, what is truth? What is truth? And here's the truth is standing right in front of him. Has, and I, th- I think he recognized it to a point, but it's like, how do you? We, we have to come to the place where, where we recognize the truth when it's there. And we hold to the truth. And we don't allow ourselves to be swayed by the things that would come to, to try to water that down or change it. Um. So this is. Let's look over in, in Hebrews for a minute. You know the whole the whole thing under under Moses was and the, the the priesthood under Moses was was quite um, quite regimented and established in, in, in kind of a formula of, you know, once a year the priest went and offered sacrifices and that's, that was kind of your your way to, to talk to the Lord. And that that was a type. You know, the law, it says the law is set up as a type and to point us to the truth. The law is not going to do it for us and, and, and the law is not going to bring us to salvation, necessarily can point the way. But that whole thing was not what, it's not the end all. You know, we can't we can't get caught in, in just relying on somebody else to bring us the truth. And we are we are those who are called to the to be a part of the Melchizedek priesthood. And I've been I've been reading about this a little bit here in Hebrews 7. We'll pick out a couple things. Um So he's talking about the, the the king of the king of Melchizedek here in Salem. We'll we'll just pick it up in verse eleven. We we'll won't read all of this. This Hebrews seven verse eleven. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? Now back in the in the priesthood there, there was certain the tribe of Levi was. They were kind of designated as the priests. And it was, it was, you were born into it. You know, Aaron and his sons were the first ones. And, and you're kind of the tribe of Levi. You're, you're either a priest or you weren't. And that worked. That was, you know, God was pointing us to, the, to, the, to what he was looking for. But he was looking for something so much more than that. And so in verse, it says, for the priesthood being, char- being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe. And I love this line, from which no man has officiated at the altar. But that line, he, for he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe. You know, we're those people who are looking for a new country. And I love that line there, he belongs to another tribe. We're, We're called to a tribe that's from, part of it is from every nation. It's from every people. There's. There's been people all down through the ages that are part of this tribe. And it says, from whom no man has officiated at the altar. There's nobody else that's going to be able to enter into the holy place for you. And take the place of that personal relationship that God's looking for. You know, our high priest, Jesus, went before us and opened the way for us and showed us the pattern. But it's up to us to come into that secret place. And come into that Levitic, uh, Melchizedek priesthood. And it was it was interesting to me that the first time that um, Melchizedek was brought up was after when, when when Lot was taken by the kings there, and, Mo- and, and Abraham went to rescue him and, and bring him and and, re- and deliver him from the from the bondage that he was in. It's interesting that the first time that Melchizedek shows on the scene is when somebody was interceding for somebody else. So what we're being called to is to not have somebody intercede for us, you know, relying on somebody else to go and get a word for us. We're called to be those who intercede um, voluntarily for each other that's i think that's the that's the crux of the of the melchizedek thing is when we're when we come to the place you know we've, we've been talking about family when we come to the place that we are interceding not only for ourselves and getting the truth that we need to stand but we're interceding for each other and we're holding each other before the throne of grace we're that's how we're going to become a family. That's how that this Melchizedek thing is, is birthed. It's, it's, that's the first time he showed up. Abraham had gone out to, to rescue somebody else. And it says, that's what I'm looking for, is a kingdom of priests, not just a few that you know are called and born into something that they can go and offer to the Lord. He's looking for something from all of us, that all of us, from every tribe and nation, that nobody is, we're not relying on somebody else to, to go and hear from the Lord and give to us, we're, we're coming into that secret place that we can hear what He's saying, but then we're 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 extending that to those around us and interceding for those that are that, that we're that we're interacting with here, because that's where that's where the true life and the true meat that's where we're going to find it is when we're we're offering ourselves as a living sacrifice for those around us. Um, I think Jesus. This is a good example of this. Let's look over for a minute in Matthew
0: 26.
2: I appreciated what was said uh, yesterday When Alicia was talking about grace. Because there really is, you know, grace is not just for the times when you feel like you're in a pit and need to be rescued out of that. Grace is there to stand in the everyday trials that come along. Um, You know, we we don't understand the things we go through. We don't understand why we see loved ones in a place of of suffering and things that we can't fix, things that we don't, we can't explain. Um, You know, I I think all of us are probably can think of a, a, a place where we don't have answers, where we don't have necessarily a clear path forward. and we don't want to get to the place where we become cynical or hard in the middle of those things you know i'm you know don't want to talk about my daughter too much but just the thing that she's going through right now with with uh, this arthritis deal is it's just like you, you think about a kid and you know it could, it could be anybody it's, the Baranowski kids are facing all kinds of stuff and you know, the, the, the ongoing thing with, with physical issues there. It's like, you know, God, why, why do you put a young person in the middle of something like this? You know, it's like they haven't even lived long enough to get, it, get themselves into so much trouble that they deserve. Or the wages of this thing or, you know, this physical affliction is just something that's put upon them. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's across the board. There's all kinds of stuff that we could. This is just kind of where I'm at right now. But in the middle of that thing, we have to we have to hang on to the fact that God knows where we are. He knows where we live. He knows what we can bear, says he won't put upon us more than we can bear and that he has our good in mind. And the only way that I think that we're going to come to that place is by the things that he puts on our plate. We do business with them and we take pains with them before the throne of grace and say God what are you speaking in the middle of this situation because in that place you know we can hear all the great counsel from all kinds of people Of, you should be doing this and you know do it this way and don't take that medication and eat this thing and whatever it is but I have to find in the middle of that God what are you speaking what do you want me to do what's the path that you have for me what's the purpose I know it's going to be good That's what I have to hang on to. God, I I know that you have my good in mind. I know that you have a particular reason for the things that you put me through. I know why you're making somebody linger on this side when it looks like you should be transitioning them. Whatever it is, God, you know the reason. You know the path. You know every sparrow that falls. And I got to trust you in the middle of that. But that's where the hearing the knowing, the listening, that's where that comes in. I can't, I can't, I can't depend on somebody else to find that for me. Because, you know, what you tell me is going to come through your system, through your filter, through your spin on whatever. And I can't rely on that. I mean, I, I love, you know, I love the input. I love, like I said, I love the milk of the word and what people are, they're sharing their experiences and what God is telling them. It's, it's great. It's, it's all part of the game. But in the middle of that, I can't rely on that. I got it. I got to go to the source. And I have to do business with the things that God puts in front of me, because that's the only way I'm going to get benefit out of it. And that's where, you know, here we are. Jesus, he's at the end of end of the road for him. Let's look at this is in the in the garden, and uh, we'll look and just we'll start and. Verse thirty-eight here it says, and then he said to them, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me." You know he's got. I'm not. I'm. He knew what was ahead of him. I guess. I mean, I don't know how that all worked. He he probably knew the plan, and he'd already he knew what he was. He was getting ready to go through some suffering here. And he took some of his closest disciples and said, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me." And it says here, and this line is, you know, it's stuck with me through the years. It says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You know, it's one thing. You can invite your closest friends. You know, I'm in the middle of some big struggle here. Can you come and pray and come and watch with me and help me through this? Give me, give me some support here. But when you get to the end of yourself, it says he went a little further. You got to go past what everybody else has to say. He went a little further. And it says, my, and he said, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And this happened a couple times where he went back and, you know, his disciples were sleeping on him. It says again, verse 42, oh, my father, this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it. Your will be done. That's a pretty powerful line there. If this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. If I can't get past this thing that you're putting in front of me without making it part of me, you know, partaking of it, going through it, let your will be done because I know that you're going to be with me in the middle of it. And another, another version of the story, it, it talks about sweating great drops of blood. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty intense place to be in, sweating great drops of blood. You know When you're, when you're dealing with a thing that God has on your plate, saying, God, I know that you're going to carry me through this. I, I would love it if it was some other way, if I could find some other way through this. Don't you have another plan? Isn't there a ram in a thicket somewhere that can be the provision that I don't have to go through this thing right here? But it says, nevertheless... I will be done. And that's a a powerful place to be. It's also a very, very hard place to be. And, you know, it says, I think it's Isaiah 42 or 49, where it talks about, um, it says, when you walk through the water, I'll be there. When you go through the fire, I'll be there. You know, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And, the word there is when, it's not if, it's when. When you walk through the water, when you walk through the flame, I will be there. And that's that's just that's just part of life, is you're going to go through hard things. And you're going to be, be asked to go through hard things and, and deal with things. But it says, the promise is that he's not going to leave us in the middle of that place. When you walk through the water... When you have no other options, when you don't understand, when you can't put your finger on why this is all happening, it says, I'm going to be with you in that place. But I've got to get to the place where it's, thy will be done. As I walk through this battle, as I walk through this thing, I know that you're with me because I am finding my help and my security in that secret place. Because that's where the true life is and that's where the true Holding power, that anchor that holds within the veil—that's where it's found. It's not found by somebody else going and getting it for you. It's found by me doing business with the Lord on the issues that He puts in front of me. Let's be part of that—that tribe. It says, "I just want to read this. It's a a great line. For He of whom these things are spoken." belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. It's not on anybody else to officiate for you. But at the same time, I, I believe that a lot of the, 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 the Melchizedek priesthood is us interceding for each other. But that's... It's not, it's not your responsibility to guide me. It's your responsibility to hold, hold me up and intercede for me. But let's be part of those people that are of another tribe. We're not relying on somebody else to bring it to us. We're we're going to go and do business with with the Lord ourselves and find His His direction for us.
0: Thank you. Um, the the continual uh, need to not rely on ourselves but know that we have to be there is significant there's a tendency for us to always go back to i gotta do this and i i was telling the, the high schoolers this morning that uh, and you know I, I i was thinking when you when you talked about the uh, the young people. Uh, I know absolutely that that when a high schooler or junior, whatever grade they're in, the general tendency is they've got a future, they have plans, and and God is generally outside of these plans. He may be apart and we sure want his help but it's a different thing for a 17 year old and eight whatever whatever age to come face on with I'm stopped here and this is beyond anything I've ever seen and the the purpose (laughs) and for God allowing it for those that are called to let them know that they have a God who has allowed them to go to that place for His purpose, and it's very special because all of us have a tailor-made test for us. Yeah. And and when we when we see that we'll get some. Now I want to read a line here, and I'm not, not going to be long. I trust, but you know, you know how we can be. And uh, if you turn to 1 Peter, uh, I. Because in verse 12 of chapter 4, it said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. And I've looked at some of the young people. I've looked at regardless of what age. But when they're stopped in their tracks with sickness or something that, that is pinning them down, there's a, a seriousness of purpose that comes that doesn't come any other way. Because the only way of growth is the the sons that are born to offer every day and realize that they're to die to the self, to the self-life, that we are becoming servants of Almighty God. Just listen to, to the uh, the admonition here. It's not strange that you're in this trial, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with the exceeding joy. And another thing that comes to mind, I don't think this generation, uh, (laughs) even my generation, the second or the third generation has ever seen anything like we're seeing now in terms of the governmental uh, issues that are there, the, the, the just unquestionable insanity that's going on in the streets of America. And so it is a privilege, and it's easy to say uh, for somebody else, but it's not strange, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. And that, that fits in with you know, something that we can forget in the middle. It's very hard with four flat tires to say, thank you, Lord. I really, this is enjoyable. Um, well, I, we're on the freeway, and, uh, and, and my uh, rental car breaks down. And we have about an hour and a half to get to the... Uh, to the airport. Uh, it's not the first thought that comes along, but it should be. It should be. There may be something in this that we don't know anything about, and I want to come down here and I'll I'll, I'll help you with a take-home on this. But you're not everyone else, as you've heard. Who you are? And, and the, we talked about justification. I'm going to mention it again. When God, you were justified just as you died with Christ if you have been born from above. And that, that dying uh, is, uh, is something that is it's a constant. And you, you must get used to it. If you don't get used to it, you can't grow. You're, you're, you're shut down where you live. And so I, I wish I had, you know, I could give you some fun-filled thing. This is not fun. It's painful, it's ridiculous in the mind to think that somebody in a young age, I think that, that, that we see it across the line in this house we have young men and women who are going through things that that we say why should they be going through it and the turn is why not if they don't they will not be ready for what's coming on the earth and they it's like a jump start and uh, that's not a comforting thing when you're when you're sick. but i want you to hear this because if anything is coming on all of us together, it's judgment. And if you have this it says purif- you're to purify yourself and the only way you can purify there's nothing I can do to make myself clean. I have to I have to present myself to God every day and if I miss it and I offer and I I miss the direction. If it's knocking on somebody's door, it's making a phone call, whatever it might be. uh, I say, God, I missed it today. I offered myself, and I was more interested in me. I wasn't thankful. I was just purely ticked off. I was so ugly. uh, And uh, I mean, God had been with us in, in Canada. And going through all the the officious situation there I walked around they walked us I, I, I don't have to tell you about it you've been in airports but I, I could I was so uh, on the edge of uh, being so far from anything that I should have been and I think all of us have those days but we need to be thankful for them because we get a chance to see the, the things that we need to attend to. So when they come up, I can't handle this. Uh, God, please help me here. And I, I have a very difficult time, I think I told the young people, maybe I mentioned it to you. You have a veteran, he has a hat on, he's gotta be uh, you know, 92 or close to it and he's got a grandson with him, and he's in a wheelchair. And the people are running stuff over him like he might be starting a revolution. The guy can hardly get in the wheelchair without it. And I, I would, you know, I've, I find myself standing there, and, and uh, my wife helps me because uh, I, I don't mind telling them they're not very, that they're so officious and they're ugly i i i do and i have i said you know this guy has fought more wars and he's been through more than you'll ever live to you could show a little respect and kindness i've said things like that maybe a little tougher than i'm saying it to you i presented it to you a little nicer but the but the situation is every day those things are there for you they're there for me and there's no sliding by or anything you're your sons of God growing to this. Now, I'll, I'll conclude here in the last part of this same little section. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Well, that we've heard that for years, but it's here. And if it first begins at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Because we have insight. The world doesn't have this insight. They really think that making everybody happy, emptying the prisons, no arrest some of the craziest manufactured idiocy to ever come on the earth. And, and I, I think I said earlier this year, and I've been saying it all year, every Zoom I say it, the purpose of God, the purpose of your God and my God is to stain the pride of all the honorable of the earth anything in you that likes it here that's doing well and would like it normal that that pride has to go now listen to what what the writer says here and if the righteous scarcely be saved where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear so this test we have is a friend the fact that you're not meeting that high standard and, and God is showing that to you and you're disgusted with yourself. I think Olivia did a, a job on that that one morning. It was very good. There's, we're so ripped and torn and there's no place to lean except the God we can't see and we don't always hear it. And uh, Nathan's point here is that if there is not, an understanding that you are not at that altar you're you're not Melchizedek was a priest God made him a priest the Spirit of Christ was there to this unknown priest and that priesthood is coming now here, here's here's the solution wherefore let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And, and please, folks, please get this. Please, you, you, you listen to it. If, if you and I are continually in the trouble that we're in because this offering that we're making of ourselves is to purify so that there won't be anything attained. And even now, even with all of our trouble, you are justified in the eyes of God. No court, no individual, no friend, no wife or husband can assail you or put you down because you are justified because God swore (coughs) to himself that you were as though you have you sit here today, you go tomorrow and the next day and the next day, regardless of what you do. I've said this, you go diving into the, to the muck and the filth and the slime of this world, however it is, and you are still in the hands of Almighty God. His mercy is everlasting, and you're justified. So, the only place my soul belongs is in his hands. Let him, let him take it. And, and the great thing and the, the most important thing is for us to stay under. Hupamino. Patience. Wait on your God. Wait on your God. And not only, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I believe I, I'm getting to a place where I'm getting so desperate. I believe that that I will hear, I will have conversations with God. I I that sounds well, I mean he's talking. He's speaking. He's saying something all day long. We're not listening. You stay under. You make that a priority. And you can't even do that without his help. God, it's not a priority for me to listen to you. I listen to everything else. I've got more music and more junk and more conversations in my head than I know. Please God, quiet me, be with me. I'll read it again. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing because he's a faithful creator, he made you, and he knows how to finish you off. Would you say? And sometimes we just need to go back and, and see how he stopped the Egyptians, how he filled the, the place out there with quail up to their esophagus. <laughs> I mean, over and over and over again, God delivered. The greatest piece of history was with Moses. And he, uh, he was a stuttering quitter. I don't want to do it. I can't do it, but, 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 but not, not me. And he said, God stood there with him and worked with him. God wants to work with you if you'll let him. It's got to be priority, though. I'm going to read something else. I'd like to. You. I said, I'm, sure. I'm going to read this. Forgive me for stretching it. Only those who are absolutely one with God can take responsibilities for Him. That's a good one to close the night on. If you're dilly dallying and you've got other uh, tunes, other directions other little pathways you've got some goal that you want to achieve that is primarily you Uh, only those who are absolutely one with god can take responsibilities for him whatever we may call ourselves however great may be our activity for the lord god does not take account of that it is no use coming to him and saying now lord You know that I'm engaged in this work and therefore I want you to help me in this. There is no reason why he should help us. God stands by his children and only works with them on the basis of an inward relationship. It's not what you know. It's not what you do. It's who is the planner and who is directing your life. God help us. Let's thank him for that as we close together. Father, thank you that, uh, that we're of a different tribe. We're, we're the intentional family that you're making. And we're embarrassed about so much of what we are. But we ask you to give us the capacity to give ourselves fully to you, fully to you, not half-hearted one day and something else the next. Great God, you have abounded in your provision financially and our businesses and, and so much. So, great God, we commit our souls to you as a faithful creator. In Jesus' name, amen.